I'm Brandon Amoroso, and this is the D2Z Podcast, building and growing your business from a Gen Z perspective. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to D2Z, a podcast about using the Gen Z mindset to grow your business. I'm Gen Z entrepreneur Brandon Amoroso, founder and president of Retention as a Servants Agency, Electric. Today I'm talking with uh, Monica, one of the leading faces in the e-commerce business world, both as a brand mentor, but also as a consultant. Um, she's worked with Fortune 500 companies all the way down to brand new startups, um, working with creative and conscious sort of scale-ups and small business owners who are trying to create an impact somehow with their brand. Um, you've really developed sort of a, a three-step plan for business growth of how to connect your, connect your clients with their business and, and make them fall back in love with it. Um, and I think there's so much interesting sort of context to your background that I'd love to just hand it over to you and, and allow you to tell everybody a little bit more about yourself. Hi, Brandon. So nice to be here. Um, yeah. So um, like you said, I help creative and conscious business owners, um, e-commerce, product-based retail who want to have a more focused and clear vision for their brand and so that they can better communicate and connect with their real audience. Um, and like we said, it's people who are really trying to have an impact through their brand. So it's uh, we're with really strong purpose-driven brands and also, you know, from a principles, uh, believe in people and planets. Myself, well, I'm, I'm also a mom of two girls. That uh, keeps me busy. Dutch by birth, Indian by heritage. Um, absolute yeah. chai, chai fanatic uh, over here. And I've literally been building brands like over 17 years in my career. Um, I, I actually started off with a master's in business, went into the corporate world, did the whole brand management strategy, consulting, global marketing route. Um, but I realized that I always wanted to have my own business and I just kind of quit my job, uh, cold turkey. Uh, when I, I was pregnant with my second and I started something which was like a dream that I had from my younger years in my teens so I started my own online store I did the whole thing you know setting up Shopify um, running my own ads doing my own content going into pop-up markets I was literally doing the whole thing um, but during this process I realized one thing I was in such a hurry to leave that corporate world that I kind of chased after an old dream that I had when I was younger of really I was bringing in design from India to and I'm being born and raised in Holland and with an Indian background I was trying to bring those two worlds together but I realized it was an old dream so I was like oh my god what I have to do what is it and I was at the same time helping out smaller businesses in the groups I was in just because supporting each other from that angle and I was freelancing with larger businesses still and I started to realize the one thing where everybody was constantly getting stuck at and they were doing the right things. They were getting traffic to our website or putting out constant, showing up consistently, emailing, uh, you name it, they were doing it. They were running ads, everything, but they just couldn't get the results they want. Whether they were trying to hit the six figures, some people were, you know, multi six figures were trying to get to this next level of growth, but they, each one of them didn't know who their customers are, why they're buying from them and what they stand for as a brand. Therefore, their message is just not resonating with them. And I realized that this is kind of work I used to do with bigger businesses. And this is what energizes me. But I wanted to do it with the businesses where I could see the impact happening immediately. So yeah. I really focus on the smaller businesses and scale ups um, and really went in all, all the way with that, with strong purpose driven brands and really started helping them better communicate and connect with their customers. And what are some of the what are some of the ways or what, what are some of the first things that you would do if a brand to help them better understand that component? 
So it's absolutely non-negotiable when I work with them to really get to know who your customer is. And uh, yes, you can scour the internet and there's a lot of tools and things to do that in surveys, but absolutely non-negotiables do deep dive customer interviews. Speak to your customers one-on-one. -on -one. It's the most powerful thing you can ever do. One hour with one customer can give you so much insights. So we, I always start with deep dive customer interviews and I use a technique that I call customer story probing, where I invite customers to tell me stories. And that's what I also teach all my clients so that they can continue with this tool in their business. Um, what it allows you to do is, you know, when people buy from us, it's a subconscious purchase often, especially when you're in a higher price category and more lifestyle driven brands and purpose driven brands when it's not a necessity. And, but what you want to do is, but people don't express feelings that well, right? So they're telling you what they're doing, but not what they're really thinking and feeling. So when you invite people to tell you stories, that's when you can really dive deeper into the emotional aspect. So that is how I always start any kind of engagement I do with my client. Got it. Got it. And I one question that I had before we jump into some of the more specifics here, but since you are sort of hopping in from um, an outside perspective into these different teams, what is it like integrating yourself amongst their processes and like getting them to actually adapt and sort of take your direction? Because I feel like you obviously know what you're doing and you're going to have, you're going to come in and you're going to know, I want to do X, Y, and Z, but how do you get like buy-in from the internal stakeholders around what you're trying to accomplish here? So, um, involving them completely in the process. So I often work both with small business owners who can be a sole entrepreneur. So there it's easy you get their buy. They obviously already come to you with a very specific question. And when it's people with teams and scale-ups, um, there's also somebody, obviously they've come in with a key question often already discussed it internally, which helps. Um, usually that has been the case, but what I always do is I always also, when it involves teams, it's always a workshop based approach where step-by-step step we take them through the process so that they're always constantly involved in it. And it's not somebody who's consulting and comes back and here's your plan and go do it. You really involve them and actually make them do a lot of the work. So the deep dive customer interviews, I don't do them. I'll make them do them. I'll help them with the questions. I'll teach them how to do it. But I want them to do it. Hearing you, what your customers are saying is so powerful when you do it yourself and give so much insights. And then we work together through each step in the process. Got it. That makes sense. Yeah. I feel like... Um... On the, on the agency side for us, that's one of the more important things is to get that buy-in because we can know as much as we know, but it doesn't really matter if there's friction internally around yeah. what and, should be implemented. Or and, and there always is some friction involved, but the more you have these workshops and these uh, co-creation sessions, the more you can address them as well. Otherwise, they stay hidden. So what are some of the things that you're currently working on? So I actually just winded up a really large project where I was working as a, a fractional head for customer insights and brand insights. Uh, this was for a really large brand across 15 countries in Europe, um, their uh, platform in refurbished iPhones. Um, okay. So that was, that, that was amazing because they really grew intuitively through pure performance and growth marketing, but they really were struggling at this stage because they're like, okay, we still don't know who we're really speaking to as our customers. And what we and to really create more loyal customers who really be able to share that brand story and really create that awareness. Um, so that's what I just finished winding up. And at the same time, I continue to work with smaller business owners, uh, very purpose-driven brands, as I um, where I coach them one-on-one -on -one through my brand mentorship. Got it. And I know you keep saying purpose-driven brands. Yes. What is the 
what does that look like in terms of um, practically speaking? Like, yes. is it sort of a yeah. health and wellness component? Is it, a, is it a social responsibility component or? So there is a, so I also say conscious, uh, conscious brands. And what I like summarizing it as is there are people who care about like these five P's, which is the product, of course, because that's what they're selling, but they have a strong purpose is a strong why of mission, why they're really doing it, which, but which includes the people planet and profit. So the people, you know, it can be across the value, not just in their teams, but across the value chain. So they're ethically, obviously the way they treat it, uh, people are paid well who are making their products, but also diversity and inclusion may be in their own teams. Planet, obviously they're thinking from sustainability and things that are, you know, reducing kind of carbon footprint or doing things that are better for the planet. But in a way, all of this in a way that is still giving them profit, uh, so that they can build a healthy and sustainable long-term business for themselves and all the stakeholders involved. But it's not profit maximization at any cost. So it's okay. just taking care of everybody else. And I think I want to emphasize that for me, this is not a sense of, this is not a marketing tactic. For me, this is a principle of doing business. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, people are not going to buy from you just because you're sustainable. They still need to understand what's in it for me. For me, that's more principle of business uh, than a marketing tactic or anything. Got it. Got it. And one of the interesting things that um, I saw, I think, in something you posted or, or somewhere was your uh, idea around uh, real versus ideal customers. Because I think a lot of brands talk about, oh, this is like even even uh, agencies too. aside from um, like direct to consumer companies. This is what our ideal client profile looks like or this is yeah. what our ideal customer is um, versus who the actual customer is. Can you talk through a little bit about that and, and what yeah. sort of what you mean there? I would say ideal is actually something that you make up from your imagination. And that's, by the way, the definition of it in a dictionary as well. Um, so I, I don't even know why we still continue to use that word. But what I see everybody doing is they will also either, if it's an individual or as a team, sit here, drop the customer profile. But nobody will have actually spoken to who's really buying from them. I've even seen with larger companies, they'll send out customer surveys, but through they will bring in uh, focus groups through panels. Those are still not the people who are actually buying from them. You have your database. You have people already purchasing from you. Reach out to those people. Who are they? Why are they really buying? What are their needs, wants, and desires? Um, what do they love about what you do? What are the triggers and barriers? Figure out those people who are actually putting down that money for your product, why they're buying it. And what makes, and therefore you can answer the question, what's the value really bringing to them and what makes you unique to them, which will really help you from your value proposition to your messaging and all the content and copy that you put out there. One of the easiest things I think brands can do, and I try to get them to do this with any of our Shopify clients, is just have a, like a post-purchase survey that asks some more open-ended questions around like, why are you buying from us or how do you use this product or just more not that because some of the questions we want to ask we want it to be sort of like a pick list so we can use it for segmentation in, in clavia and in our email and sms communications but there's a lot of power in just giving a free form response to your customers to allow them to give that feedback and some of the insights that have come out of that have been pretty remarkable either in terms of like product usage or like why people are using a product that these companies would never have known without 
just opening and having that conversation yeah. with the couple. I think any survey at any stage of the of that journey is so powerful. And like you said, putting in open-ended questions. But if you can follow that up with an actual interview and really get them on the phone or video call, yeah. because uh, often you still cannot go behind the motivation, what they said, and there'll be all these interesting nuggets and you want to just dive that little deeper. And that's where the conversations really give you that opportunity to do that. Yeah, one of my favorite things to do when we start with a new Clavio account is create a segment of everybody who's ordered like 10 or more times. And, and even for the smallest of brands, there's still a lot of people that have purchased that frequently. And but most of the companies that we work with, they don't talk to these customers in any way whatsoever. No, and, and the surprising thing is that the common thing I hear most often is, well, I am my ideal customer, right? There must be more of me. I'm like, well, you can't build a business on just yourself. You may have started with a great idea and because of something you saw, and that's fantastic. But as you grow your business, you have to figure out who's really buying from you because you're not, they're never going to be just like you, or they're all still thinking that everybody is their customer, right? Um, you still, it is there's this thing about being scared to niche down to a certain segment, but the clearer or more focused you are with your message, yeah. or you'll be able to attract the right people and then as you grow your business you will you can always expand on the audience everybody thinks they're just stuck but no that's the starting point as you grow um just think about apple uh, i mean i think it was for the design geeks at some point right but look how they've right. now become a mass brand so you're never stuck it's, you have to just go it one step at a time yeah well, i think i mean you have to start somewhere um and like when we or when I first started electric, we did everything for everyone. Yeah. And then within a year, year and a half, we did very specific things for very specific types of companies. And that was uh, significantly easier, not only internally for like training and scale and process documentation, but uh, also in the sales process with yeah. prospects. Like, hey, this is all we do. We're experts in this. You work with us if you want to do X, Y, or Z, as opposed to we're like a buffet of marketing services and there's no real direction. And I think that is really valuable to be able to more effectively like grow your, grow your brand. And then secondly, like you said, there's going to be different types of um, groups that will come out of the woodworks in terms of different applications for the product, different applications of your service. And then from there you can look to maybe expand but if you try to be everything for everyone you're going to end up being nothing for no one <laughs> yeah and your job is basically to guide your customers to make that choice to be able to buy from you and for that they need to be really clear what's in it for them and you can only do that when you are very clear on what's in it um for your customers yeah that makes a lot of sense um so what are some of the ways that brands can like engage and and work with you? Um, are you primarily like a sort of a part time consultant that'll hop in here and there? Do you have like, courses or or yeah. more like formal engagements that you usually take people through? What is that? What is that process? So for like? larger businesses that are scale ups uh, with teams and everything, that basically that engagements are uh, we discuss. Uh, what, what is required and we decide so it can be short consulting style projects but sometimes mm -hmm. i'm hired for a certain amount of months as a fractional head for like for like i did for the customer insights or for as a fractional cmo for then i work with smaller entrepreneurs where i actually have my own brand uh growth mentorship where there is a six-week foundational where we really hone in into your, who your customers are what your brand really stands for, make sure your product portfolio is aligned and then define a growth basis, your numbers, define a growth strategy for it. 
or a six month where you want more support. We'll start with the same foundations, absolutely, but then also have a few months where you have ongoing support like me, like a head of marketing looking into your business with you. So that's more for the smaller entrepreneurs and for larger businesses. It, uh, we discuss on a per engagement basis what, what is required. Got it. And are you typically working with uh, like digitally native direct-to-consumer brands or what is your... What is yeah. your ideal client profile? Well, creative and conscious business owners, I always say they're really looking to have a big impact uh, with the products and the things they sell. It, they're really doing something meaningful. Um, the smaller entrepreneurs, really clearly e-commerce product based and retail businesses. When I work with the larger businesses, it does expand into tech and SaaS uh, digital agencies as well. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So... A little bit across the the board, but very focused on the sort the of question, the question is the same always. It's really on yeah. that brand growth piece, uh, the customer defining your brand, and then also looking at the analytics and making sure we use that to really define the right messages across the customer journey uh, to guide them through that. Got it. And what components of this would you say touch on like helping the companies you're working with build out their internal teams? So I think we talk a lot about systems and processes and resources, all absolutely important, and I do that as well. But I think we underestimate the power of a brand when you're hiring and building teams and when you're also trying to make sure that they are engaged and really take accountability in the role they do. So, I mean, we talk about, there was a recent study by Deloitte uh, Global, was actually for Gen Z millennial survey, where nearly two in five millennial and Gen Z workers say they have rejected jobs or assignments because it doesn't align with their values. And we also know that brands um, that have strong purpose grow at least two times faster, if not more. Um, so having that right team in place is really having, sorry, having a strong brand, a strong purpose, really being clear on that also attracts the right people to your team. And it makes sure that they feel like they're supporting something meaningful and they can take more accountability in their roles as well. So I think we shouldn't as underestimate that everybody always thinks it's only aware brand awareness. It's for your customers to track them, but it's also really an internal tool to get people lined behind one direction as well. Yeah. I think if you don't have buy-in from your own team, how are you supposed to get buy-in from customers? <laughs> Exactly. You want everyone on the same page, saying the same thing, sharing the same message. But I think also from, it has always been the case, but even more so with the current, you know, environment we've been in after the pandemic, this recession, people really want to do something meaningful. They want to stand behind something they feel is aligned with uh, their values. If you are going out five days a week to work somewhere, it better be something that you can stand behind as well. So share that message with potential hires and your own team as well. Yeah, I think the the rapid shifts and changes over the past three years between employers and employees in terms of the sort of the the power balance, for lack of a better way to phrase it, has been has been crazy. I mean, it's been all over the place. Like when COVID first started, it was like, oh my God, uh, employers have all the power because if you want a job, then there's only so many employers that are offering them. And then during I think like the height of remote work, there were thousands and hundreds of thousands of open positions and yeah. people jumping left and right. And there were so many opportunities available to them. And now I feel like it's kind of swinging back in, in the other direction. But um, a lot of the changes that took place over the last two or three years, I think are, are here to stay in terms of autonomy of the workforce that yeah. wasn't historically the, the same way. 
yeah, there's a lot, a lot changing. I am still, I'm still watching to see which direction it goes because at the same time, you see a lot of companies laying people off and you're like, okay, is it going to recession? But you see others who are still growing uh, yeah. a lot and are hiring people. So it's still a little unsure, but that's why it's just the brands and the businesses that come strongest out of these tough situations. And there's so much research to back that are the ones who really know their customers, really know what they stand for as a brand and don't completely stop your marketing. Um, really just continue to invest, obviously be more prudent on terms of ROI and everything, but don't stop hundred percent. It's the more awareness you create, the more trust you create amongst people, the stronger you will come out out of these tougher situations. What are some of the, what are some of the biggest things that a brand can do to help build that trust from a consumer? So, um, really sharing that message, um, show that you know them, like uh, empathize with them, empathize with their situation, inspire them, uh, with what the product can really do for them. And, uh, then you want to captivate them, really guide them through their journey, but then do that in a way that's really transparent, obviously, uh, and have really, really clear communication, keep that email list communication going, you know, if you're emailing them a few times a week and really go into beyond just your product features, um, what, what your product does, what, what does it really do for them in their life and make sure that they're aware about your existence constantly. And I've also had just as a clear example, I've had past clients of mine when the pandemic started and they really struggled and they were like, I don't even know if I can continue my business. They literally wrote those emails out to their clients and saying, I am struggling with this situation because of supply chain. They weren't able to get all the materials, you name it. But they were really honest with what they were struggling with and why and what was happening. And some of them ended up without that being the intention, the best months ever. So it's treat them like treat your audience like humans <laughs> and then talk to them in the same way as you would with anybody. Um, and just be really honest with what your product does for them or what it can so that they can let them make the choice if it's right for them. Yeah, I think the the brands that were able to be vulnerable, I guess, with their customer base and be transparent around the issues that they were facing, especially yeah. when things really started to get tight with supply chain and, and the issues there, consumers were uh, understanding. But if you don't communicate, then there's no understanding to be had. And this, this even applies to... Um, we see with shipping times on, on e-commerce websites, like you would think, oh, if you don't have one or two day shipping, like your conversion rate is going to be significantly lower. Uh, in fact, you really just need to communicate what the shipping timeline is um, like from the, from the outset. So if you're checking out and it says it's going to be three to four business days, great. As long as consumers know that, but if you don't put anything and then it doesn't, it does end up taking like a week, then you get all the customer service inquiries, you get all this other stuff. But if you just communicate and be open and transparent around timing and expectations, it just like anything in life, um, it'll produce a, a better yeah. relationship. Customers want clarity, they want transparency and consistency in everything you do. So as long as you offer them that, um, then they'll, it, like I said, if, if they really want something that they want quicker, they'll go somewhere else. But I think there's enough people out there who are really buying from um, clients, from businesses that are not able to deliver that quickly. But usually it is also, again, I'll come back to the brand message when you're super clear, what's the value and benefits I really bring to, to you with this? Why is this different and unique and you shouldn't buy from somebody else? 
if they feel that's right for them, they're going to wait those five, four to five business days. But again, clarity, consistency, and transparency. Yeah. And as a small business, I mean, you're not going to compete with these larger corporations on shipping times. I mean, that's like very granular optimizations that you can make once you reach a certain scale. That's not your value prop and how you're going no. to get customers to be purchasing from you. You can never compete on something like that. Yeah. And don't even try. And I love some of the research by Baymart Institute. I don't know if you've seen that. And it has really shared as well how for DTC businesses, most customers are looking for information that goes way beyond just the product. They want to know your story. Who's behind this business? They want to read how the products are made, where they're coming from, what are you using in it? So people are actually looking for that kind of information because they feel that they're actually buying um not for, not from a faceless business there is really a real person behind this and this is what sets you apart from those amazons or other bigger businesses um in the world yeah some of the most successful uh, sms marketing campaigns we've run for example have been like a selfie of the founder in the warehouse with their product like doing something and it's just authentic and yeah. customers enjoy that versus your standard here's another marketing email or here's another marketing text yeah. so it makes a lot of sense absolutely well thank you so much for coming on um before we hop off is there any like last tips or tricks advice <clears throat> for small business owners that are just starting out yeah i will just really summarize a few quick ones i think one remember when you're building something meaningful or any business it takes time three to five years to build something that's going to be profitable i've still seen businesses today which are still not profitable after 10 a decade in business some of the big ones that we all follow so give yourself that time uh, be consistent and patient and the power of knowing your customer is crucial when, not just when you're starting but also when you're growing your business build it as something consistent into your business on an ongoing basis so when we reach kind of turbulent times in the markets you're always on top of what your customers really want and you can always make the changes and pivot as required when needed um but it shouldn't be a one-off thing it should be a consistent thing in your business um and for any and i have a um super download for people in case they want four types of questions to ask your customers so something really actionable that can help you go actually start having some of those customer interviews awesome yeah we can include that in the uh, in the show notes so people can download it and use it well before we hop off here can you just let everybody know where they can uh, find you online in case they want to get in contact yeah. So uh, my website, of course, businesswithmonica.com. Uh, you'll find me on both Instagram on the same handle and uh, LinkedIn under my full name, Monica Sherma Patinger. Um, and then in case you download the resource, you'll also come to my email list where I always keep sharing practical and inspirational advice about building a strong brand. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on. Uh, as always, this is Brandon Amoroso. You can find me at electricmarketing.com or brandonamoroso.com. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Thank you.